Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, but that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that ye might know our affairs, and that he might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Well, friends, we're looking this morning at these uh, verses. We come uh, to our final study in this amazing uh, letter of the Apostle Paul to the Ephesian church. And what a wonderful uh, instructions and doctrine and practical applications have been left for us as God's people to know how to conduct ourselves through life, uh, how to live in the world, how to live in the home, how to live in the church, uh, to the glory of God and to know those spiritual blessings uh, that come to us that he went through, especially in Ephesians uh, chap chapter 1. Well, last week we looked uh, briefly at the Christian's armor, that armor that he was uh, to wear, and the belt of truth, which you said is the word of God. He's got to have that uh, on him, close to him, be familiar and uh, acquainted very well with the doctrines and teachings of the word that breastplate of righteousness, Christ's righteousness. So when the enemy attacks, he refers and seeks to condemn him and accuse him. He looks not to his own righteousness, but to Christ and pleads that. The feet shod with that preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith to lift up. And the devil throws his, uh, fires those, uh, those darts uh, his way the darts again of maybe of accusation or maybe of hard thoughts about God, he lifts up that shield of faith uh, to resist and that helmet of salvation, hope, that hope of heaven that is, uh, he's ever thinking of and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. Well, today we're looking at uh, prayer and my uh, title is Praying Always. Prayer here, well, it's another offensive weapon. And what a weapon it is, friends. So you could say it's a defensive weapon, but it's also an offensive weapon. And it's a, it's a vital one that we need so much in life. How much prayer the Christian, how much uh, dependence the, 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 the Christian believer is on prayer on, and on the Lord. He cannot really function without prayer. He cannot get by, really, without prayer. He cannot make any progress without prayer. Prayer is where he gets his power from, the power to live a godly life in an ungodly world, the power that comes from God. It's his connection with God. Prayer is what keeps him in contact with God. And uh, if we, if we uh, hold back from praying, if we omit praying in our lives, then we become weak. 
and that we become spiritually frail. We won't lose our salvation because we are saved by God's grace, not by even our prayers, but we will lose out and become weak, anemic kind of Christians instead of being those who are spiritually strong in the Lord. Well, you know, or at least I hope you do know, that uh, famous, uh, 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 the famous uh, verses in William Cooper's uh, hymn on prayer, which we will sing at the end. William Cooper was a contemporary of John Newton who wrote Amazing Grace. And William Cooper wrote uh, these songs. He was also was a hymn writer, and he wrote Restraining Prayer, We Cease to Fight. Prayer Makes the Christian's Armor Bright, and Satan Trembles when he sees the meanest saint upon his knees. And that's what we want, isn't it? That's what we want to do, is to continue in prayer. Satan fears the Christians praying, so which means he'll do everything to stop you from praying, to hinder you from praying, to put thoughts into your mind, to distract you from prayers, to suggest things to you, that to keep you from getting alone with God. Prayer, friends, is such a necessity to the believer. There is power, of course, in prayer. Power, prayer, we could say, changes things. Prayer changes people. Prayer changes circumstances. Through prayer, we obtain blessings from above. Prayer makes the way clear when we're confused. Prayer uh, opens doors that are closed. Other, uh, our needs are met in answer to pray. When we make them known to God, prayer, uh, the Lord helps us. The Lord sends us those things that we desire of Him. Prayer enables us to resist temptation. How am I going to resist sudden temptation when it comes my way? Temptation, you know, is also a power. It has a power of itself, and uh, it, it's, it, it can overcome us. But if we are in prayer, and if we meet temptation, every temptation that comes our way with, the, with prayer, well, that's a stronger power, and that will help us to overcome uh, those temptations. Lead us not into temptation. The Lord taught us to pray. Little prayer, little blessing. No prayer, no blessing. No prayer, no provision. No prayer, no answers from God. No prayer, no evidence of His grace and His love in our personal lives. No prayer, no help from Him. No prayer, friends, or very little prayer, very little spiritual growth, very little spiritual advance. You remember what Christ said, ask and you shall receive. So many encouragements uh, that there are in the New Testament. So many encouragements that Christ gives to us to pray, to make it a thing in our life, something that we will always do, set aside a time every day to pray. How many times again and again He gives us encouragement to pray. Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Oh, hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. From now on, ask, and you shall receive. And again and again, the Lord encouraged His disciples and us to, to pray and to uh, ask Him for help. 
Well, when, you, when we come to pray, there must be also an expectancy that God is going to answer us. When you turn on a light switch in the home, well, you expect the light uh, to come on, isn't it? When you put your car and the, the, uh, the key in the ignition of the car, you expect it even hopefully on the cold morning like today, that the car started up for the first time for you. You expect it to happen. When you tap your mobile on the, on the card reader at Asda's or Sainsbury's or wherever you go, what do you expect a transaction to take place immediately, there and then, isn't it? And so it is, friends, when we come to prayer, prayer is like that. We ask the Lord for things, but we ask in expectancy that we will receive those things. It's not just going through the motions, it's not just saying things, but it's we're, we're coming to Him and expecting Him to do something. Ask and you shall receive. We keep that promise in our minds. Of course, uh, uh, what we ask for is limited by God's will. There are some, some believers and some preachers who tell their congregations, you can ask God for anything. You can ask Him for lots and lots of money. You can ask him uh, for a big, a, big, uh, a big car, a big fancy car, which you don't really need. And you can ask him for a magnificent house and a helicopter even, I've heard some preachers have prayed for. And, uh, well, friends, is that God's will? It's not really. God's promised to give us our needs. Yes, if you need money, if you need some help, you can pray and ask God for that. And he can make known any of your needs to him and he will hear, and he will help, and he will answer, but he'll only let it be according to his will. Now, there are some uh, friends who will ask, well, will my prayer really make any difference? Is it really worth praying? After all, God is sovereign. God has rules over all things. God has ordained all things that are, are going to happen. He's already ordained everything that's going to come to pass, everything is settled, isn't it? Then why should I pray? Why bother praying? There's no need to pray. If God's, got, if God's going to do it, how can my puny little prayer make a difference? Well, friends, we shouldn't think like that because if you, even though this is a subject that has been debated uh, for, for, over, for uh, the centuries past, uh, think of it in, in this way that when God put in place His decrees, He took account of our prayers. He took account of the prayers that God's people were going to pray. And it's a part of His decrees and a part of His will. In His foreknowledge, He could, he could not only see that we would pray, but He put those prayers into our hearts for His kingdom, for His will, for His purposes. And it sort of works together. Yes, on the one hand, there is God's decrees, but on the other hand, also, He has taken into account all those intercessions that are going to take place. And by the Spirit, we make known those desires and requests to Him, and He answers. Prayer does change things. Prayer does change circumstances and people. We, can, we read this morning Exodus 17 and that account of Moses uh, on the hill and uh, Moses, Moses and uh, the Israelites fighting against uh, Amalek. And Moses said uh, to Joshua, you go down into the valley, you do the fighting, you engage the, the enemy, you do the battle, 
I'll go up to the top of the hill with Aaron and her, and I will pray, and I will lift my hands up to God in prayer. And that's what he did. While the battle was going on, uh, Moses lifted up his hands, and when his hands were lifted up, well, Joshua was winning. Israel were winning. When his hands began to sag, and he began to tire, and down, then down they went, well, then uh, Amalek uh, prevailed. The enemy prevailed. And it's a picture to us of prayer, that when we lift up our hands to God, when we continue, persevere in prayer, we will prevail. But if we, if we, if we sag in prayer, then uh, the enemy will prevail. And you remember what happened? Uh, Moses got so tired, he was standing initially, and they'd bring a stone for him to sit, up, sit upon. Uh, and then Aaron held one of his hands, and Hur held the other hand right until the end of the day. And then uh, Joshua and the army conquered uh, Amalek uh, there in the valley. So through prayer, friends, prayer is uh, so mighty. So here Paul says, pray always. Pray always. Uh, pray when you feel like praying. Pray when you don't feel like praying. Pray in the morning uh, and pray throughout the day. Throughout the day, send up those short, those emergency prayers to the Lord. You can't always get down on your knees. You can't always stop what you're doing. Maybe in the midst of your work, in the midst of your driving, uh, you need to pray an emergency prayer. You're provoked suddenly by by somebody, or that sudden temptation comes your way, or that thought that you really don't want to deal with comes your way, or you receive some bad news. All sorts of things could happen to us in, the, in a week, in a day, in an hour. Well, then uh, pray at an emergency. Pray, Lord, help me. Oh, Lord, take this thing away. Lord, send me help. Lord, deliver me. That's all at the emergency prayer. Well, friends, pray when you're in a good mood. Pray when you're discouraged as well. You can even then, uh, and especially then, maybe go to the throne of grace and there pour out your heart to your God and your Father and tell Him all the things that are discouraging you. Pray when you're young. You know, when you're a young, young girl or a young boy, oh, you can pray. Not, the Lord will hear your cry as well. Pray when you're a teenager. Pray all the way to, to old age. Make it a habit in your life. Every day I'm going to pray. Every day I'm going to get alone with the Lord and spend some time speaking to Him. Have you sinned? Have you had a bad day? Oh, we're, we're too shy. We're, we feel ashamed at that time, isn't it? To come before the Lord, to show our face before the Lord. And the devil will say, how can you pray now? But look, friends, this is a command. Praying always is a command. And it's a kind command from God. It's because the, the Lord knows the enemy will try and keep us uh, from the throne of grace. But even if you've had a bad day, and even if you've sinned, still the Lord says, come. Come and tell me. Come and confess your sins. I will forgive you. Come and renew your repentance with me. Still come. Always come. Pray always. And then he goes on to say, uh, with all pray, prayer, pray always with all prayer, with all kinds of prayer, vocal prayer, silent prayer, individual prayer in the closet, family prayer, corporate prayer together with other believers. Oh, friends, all of these 
we must pay attention to is any missing in our life? Is there any of these areas that I'm not giving uh, the attention to that I ought to? But all prayer also here uh, could refer to the different departments of prayer. We've spoken this morning really about prayer as asking for things, but it's not only asking for things. There must be also in our prayers uh, daily that adoration of God, thanksgiving, confession of our sins, and intercession for others. All these different departments must be uh, in our prayers. We, we don't have to go through them all in, one, in, in, in a single uh, moment of time, but every day these elements should be in our prayers. So usually when we have our, our devotions with the Lord, well, we want to begin with God rather than with ourselves. We begin with praising and adoring Him for who He is. And so we will mention one or two or three of His attributes, of His holiness and His mercy, His greatness, His wonderful power, amazing power. We'll adore Him for these things. We'll bless Him for His uh, uh, gracious dealings with, with us and His kindness and His, his uh, ma magnificence. And then we'll praise Him for what He has done. Not only for what he, who He is, but what He has done. And He's done so much. And Christ has done so much for us. And the Holy Spirit has come and worked tremendously in us. And we have so much to thank Him for that. We, have, we can thank Him for answers to prayer. Thank Him for the Word that we're able to read and have in our hands. Thank Him for His guidance. Thank Him for His blessings that we have received. Thank Him for His providential care. Thank Him for His love. Oh, friends, so much. We are to abound in thanksgiving uh, um, uh, as well as prayer, confession of sin and repentance every day. We want to examine ourselves and check ourselves. Have I fallen? Have I spoken uh, amiss? Have I left things undone which I ought to have done? All these things we need to come and, and check ourselves and to repent of and rededication of our lives to Him. Tell Him that you are the Lord, you are His. Tell the Lord that you belong to Him, that you will live for Him, that you will live for His glory. Intercession. Pray for others. Pray for the church. Pray for the kingdom of God. Pray for those things that concern Christ's kingdom. Oh, friends, pray for other people. Yes, pray for yourself, but pray for other people as well as uh, your own needs. Think of others. And that comes, that idea of uh, others comes in the next word uh, of supplication. But before we, we look at that, have you heard of the acronym ACTS? ACTS. So if you want to, a little bit of help to remember these different departments uh, in life, in your prayer time, Think of the word acts, A-C-T-S. A for adoration, C for confession, T for thanksgiving, and S for supplication. So think of that when you come before, before the Lord. With all prayer and supplication, Paul says. Here he's using another word for prayer, supplication. Is there a difference between these two? Well, yes. Prayer, we could say, is referring to our general needs, our ongoing needs, our everyday uh, needs. We will every day wanting to be praying for growth in holiness and uh, for more wisdom, for more 
uh, grace and uh, more kindness and our daily needs in that way. Supplication is something a little bit more specific. We're thinking about a person's uh, specific needs and a need that has come into their life at that particular time. It's not an everyday thing and it's a, a need that is urgent perhaps and so it's very keenly felt in their hearts and their lives and we as their brethren, well, we, want, we feel uh, alongside with them and so we want to pray for those specific things. We're not going to be just general in our prayers. Lord bless sister so-and-so. Lord bless brother so-and-so. Uh, but we're going to think, well, that person, he's got that particular need. I'll bring it before the Lord in prayer. I'll mention him. Lord, this brother, he's, he needs this particular provision granted to him. Help him. This sister, she's at a crossroads in life. She doesn't know which way to turn. Lord, she's looking to thee for guidance. Pray, Lord, help her, show her the right way to go. We want to be specific, not in our, the public prayer meeting, not so much detail, a little bit, but especially in our uh, private times. Oh, friends, that's why we say and try and emphasize the importance of fellowship so that we can get to know one another and uh, be aware of those specific issues that are in our lives to share with one another these things so that we can pray for one another, supplicate for one another. In the Spirit, Paul goes on to say, not speaking in tongues, but with the Spirit's help and influence uh, to pray, and then watching thereunto, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto. The Greek word here for watching is sleepless. Don't uh, sleep, you know, like a watchman on the tower. Well, he has to stay awake uh, at all times. Stay awake during the night, usually we think of. And he's awake and he's vigilant and is looking out, looking out to see if the enemy is approaching, looking out to see for any changes, any trouble that is uh, around the walls of the city. And so also uh, we must be watching uh, in prayer looking out, as it were. Alongside our prayers, we want to be aware of what is happening, looking out for our brethren. Yes, we are our brother's keeper. Yes, we are to be concerned for them. We don't be inquisitive. We don't want to delve into their personal details to, uh, to such a way where we become inquisitive kind of people, but out of concern for people. And sometimes it's a fine line. Uh, how far we go, but we are concerned for people. Oh, I haven't seen that, that sister at church for, for, a, for a while. I'll pray for her to come back. I haven't seen those children at the Sunday school for a while. Oh, well, let's pray that they, they come back. Let's pray to the Lord that they, that, that they will return. Oh, that brother, well, I noticed he was, he, was, he was usually cheerful, but he wasn't so cheerful recently. Something's happened, I think. I'll try and get alongside him and uh, speak to him and encourage him, but also I'll pray. You see, you've noticed. You've noticed things that are happening in the fellowship. You've noticed things that are happening with your brethren. And you're, you, you're watching, you're on the lookout for these things. And so uh, you'll pray, uh, use that to pray. Well, friends, look out also, may I say, for danger. The watchman is looking out for the enemy approaching. And you, you must also be aware, be on your toes, because of potentially 
dangerous situations which may be looming ahead. Christmas is coming. <laughs> it's a dangerous time. Everyone's looking, everyone's very happy. Christmas is coming. It could be a dangerous time for the believer. It could be a potentially harmful time because it's a time when you relax. It's a time when you've got time off work. You can put your feet up. It's a time when, of course, to have some family time. But it may also be a time of temptation. I often find holiday time is a time of great temptation sometimes because then you haven't got so much to occupy yourself. So if you see that coming, if you know it's a particular temptation for you, pray ahead of it and be aware of it. And then Paul goes on to say, pray with all perseverance. Well, well, friends, we all need to hear this word. If we are praying people, we will need to hear this word because sometimes our prayers are unanswered immediately. Sometimes we have to wait a long time, sometimes months maybe, sometimes even in some particular cases, years we, are, we have to wait. And what, what should we do? Should we give up praying? Should we leave off praying? Well, hear this word, pray always, never give up. With all perseverance we are to pray. You may have come across uh, the app Couch to 5K, and it's uh, meant to take somebody who usually is on the couch, uh, what, probably a, somebody who sits on the sofa uh, and does no exercise, to take him from, from that position to actually running 5K. And it's got a, a nice little app. And it's, the aim is, of course, to get you uh, uh, jogging. And you select a, a trainer, and the trainer advises you uh, and encourages you all along the way. And sometimes when you're jogging along and you're almost out of breath and your, your legs are ready to give way and you think you're just about ready to give up, well, you hear that little voice in your earphones from the trainer saying, uh, don't give up, you're doing great, keep going, keep going. And that will spur you on a little bit to keep on until you reach the finish line. Well, friends, we must hear that, uh, that voice, uh, uh, this, these words, uh, even uh, from the Lord. When we get no response, when we pray for something, and the answer is a long time coming, and we're almost ready, we feel, to, to give up, let's hear that voice with all perseverance. Keep going on in prayer, uh, and uh, don't uh, stop now. And then, for all saints, it's a prayer for all believers, uh, believers in our local church, believers in other churches we're thinking of, praying for missionaries in other countries. Even as we heard in the notices today that a brother in Lebanon, we want to pray for him and others like him in different places, and especially for saints in persecuted uh, countries where life, where it's difficult to be a Christian. So friends, so much to say really about this verse and about uh, prayer. But let's, let's move on. And there is a connection still in verse 19, Paul goes on to say, And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul puts in a personal request for himself. Pray for me, he says. And yet even this personal prayer uh, is, is not really for him, his personal needs, but for the kingdom. He desires boldness and courage uh, to utter the things of God as he should. He's not asking 
for release from prison. Remember, he's in prison now. He's under house arrest in Rome. Uh, he's been imprisoned for preaching the gospel. A soldiers most likely chained to him. And he has, though he has some liberty, he has his own rented house, and visitors can come and see him. Yet still, he's not praying, saying to the Ephesian believers, pray for my release. I'm longing to get out of this prison and, and do the work of God freely. He says, pray that I may have a boldness to speak. Nor is he, friends, too proud to ask for prayer. Paul is no superhero. Paul doesn't come, want himself to come across as a superman. He depends on the prayers of God's people. He's not shy to ask them to pray for him. He's been to the third heaven. He's seen great revelations. He's had great revelations from the Lord. He's seen the Lord uh, uh, physically. He's, uh, been the, he's been given the blueprint for the church. He's been endowed with so many gifts. He's a very privileged person. He's planted churches. You could say he's been a very successful pastor and missionary to the church. And yet still he's, he says, pray for me. Still he is dependent uh, as an apostle on the prayers of God's people. Friends, pastors are no superheroes. And we should never be thought of as superheroes. We are, we are men of like passions as you are. The ministers, the pastors are human as you are human. Oh yes, we are tasked with preaching the, the word and teaching the word and explaining these things and caring for the flock. But we need prayer. We need the support of God's people. We are dependent on the prayers of God's people. Maybe more so because of the kind of work that we are engaged in, in doing the Lord's work and the opposition that's there. Even more so, the ministers and pastors of the land need the prayers of their people. And so every pastor looks uh, and depends uh, on, on such prayers and trusts that his congregation are praying much for him. Paul asks here specifically for prayer to preach. He already has the message. He talks about it here, that I may make known the mystery of the gospel. Where he's already sort of uh, spoken about it in Ephesians chapter 3 and 2 and 3. And he knows the message. He knows the gospel. He knows what he wants to say, but he wants help uh, to deliver it. He wants help to make it known to to utter it uh, as, as he ought to, to utter it to whoever came before him. Think of all the people who did come before him. Even a Roman soldier, every Roman soldier that changed, he would have used it as an opportunity to, to witness for, to him. The Jews uh, who were living in Rome came to see him. Gentiles came to see him. Christians, other believers came, uh, came to see him. So he needed help to speak to all these people, help to convince and persuade uh, them, and especially the unbelievers, to preach to them the gospel, to win them. And so he prays, pray for me that I may be enabled to utter these things, to speak the gospel uh, as I ought. And especially he asks for boldness. Twice over here, he prays uh, for boldness, that I may open my mouth boldly, verse 19, and again verse 20, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. He doesn't, boldness, friends, is not speaking loudly. 
It's not raising your voice and speaking uh, like a superman, like a, with great authority. No, friends, here the word boldness refers to preaching uh, without fear, to preaching uh, plainly and frankly and clearly without holding back just making it plain, saying everything basically that he ought to say, that God wants him to say, and not holding back because he's afraid of the faces of people and what they will think of him. Think of Paul, friends, even at this stage in his life, all that he has been through up to this point. Because of the preaching of the gospel, he's in prison now. Because of the preaching of the gospel, before he'd been stoned and left for dead. Before, because of the preaching of the gospel, he suffered shipwreck, and his body had been uh, in the sea, and, uh, we, and he'd been flogged because of the preaching of the gospel. His body must have been in a very weak and pathetic condition, and he had problems, as we know, with his eyes. Well, think of that, friends, and all that was because of his preaching of the word and the gospel, because he had boldly spoken, and he he could have said, well, let me hold back. He could have been tempted to hold back. And yet, uh, he didn't. He says, pray that I may be enabled to still go on speaking uh, boldly and declaring uh, these things. People could have hated him and would have hated him because of his preaching. That could have held him back. But he asked for boldness to continue. And how we all need it as well, isn't it? Boldness whether we're pastors or preachers or whether we're Sunday school teachers, but all of us are witnesses. Every believer is called to be a witness, and we all need that help in the various circumstances that we are in to tell other people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, my time uh, has run up, but very, very quickly, just look at these final verses. In verses 21 and 22, Paul um, makes mention about the, uh, Tychicus, a uh, beloved brother and a faithful minister who he's going, going to send to them. And uh, he's going to inform uh, the brethren there of all Paul's affairs. He's going to update them about uh, many things, about Paul's current situation. He's going to update them about how the work of the gospel is progressing uh, there in Rome and the souls that are being saved. He's going to inform them about the setbacks that they're experiencing, the difficulties, the hindrances of the work there. All these things uh, he's going to convey uh, to the brethren, as well as Paul's personal issues, how I do, uh, my affairs and how I do, verse 21, Paul's health and all the, the difficulties that he himself were facing. There's this information being passed uh, back to the church. Why? Not just for information's sake, but so that they can pray in a better way. They can pray more intelligently uh, for Paul and uh, that, uh, more specifically for the work rather than just in a general way. And a lesson also there for us, friends, is that we are to uh, uh, be concerned not only for our own local church, but also for other churches, churches in the UK, how are they doing? Churches in different parts of the world, maybe your home country where you come from, how are things there? What's the church, what's happening with the gospel work there and in other lands? Oh, friends, we need to be aware of these things. That's why we encourage you to come to the prayer meeting. It's because there we talk about some of these things and we mention 
uh, what's happening in, in, uh, in Lebanon and what's happening in uh, Sri Lanka and what's happening in other places that we pray for. Oh, friends, uh, we need uh, to uh, widen the scope of our prayers. And then finally, in verses 23 and 24, peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that I love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. And here he begins, he ends the letter as he began it with these blessings that come from above, from the Father and from uh, Christ. And then he closes with, uh, grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Love him from the heart. Love him truly, love him sincerely. Can I say that? Well, we trust we can. Each one, each believer can say, well, I love the Lord Jesus Christ sincerely. Friends, if we love Christ in sincerity, then his cause will be our cause. His concerns will be our concerns. And when we come to pray, these things will also be uppermost in our minds because we love him. And we want to see his name glorified. And we want to see other people coming to believe in him. And we want to see his name magnified in, in our homes, in our churches, in our neighborhoods, in our land that we're living in. In this world, we desire uh, that his name be glorified. So friends, pray, always pray. Pray for yourself, pray for others, pray for the saints, pray for the lost, pray for our church here. Sunday school, pray for our gospel meetings, pray for our evangelism, and may the Lord hear our prayers and grant us many answers for his name's sake. And let's close by singing uh, that final hymn, 698, what various hindrances we meet, 698.